Hey, this is Always Ready Matt Cardona, the internet champion, a.k.a. the $1,000 Broski, a.k.a. the Michael Jordan of Wrestling Figure Collecting, the host of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, and you're listening to Markin' Out. This is Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Markin' Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Markin' Out, y'all. Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Markin' Out, y'all. Spreading like this Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Markin' Out, y'all. We're Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the last episode of your favorite online listening experience in podcast form of the year, 2020, and that's this one. And it's marking out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Thank you very much for listening, and make sure you subscribe on all of your podcasting applications, your Apple Podcasts, your Google Play, Stitcher may still be a thing, I haven't checked it out. Um, yeah, on all those major, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars, leave a review. It's been a year since we had a review. Come on, people, what's the matter with you? I'll give you one of those Brandon 8x10s. I think I still have some Dave ones uh, playing around. But regardless, use that coupon code, save 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com. Um, yes, yeah, so this is marking out episode 516, the old 516. Woo, 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 you know it. Um, and social media wise, you can find us on facebook.com slash marking out twitter.com slash marking out YouTube and Instagram.com slash marking out 11 email us marking out one at gmail.com and twitch twitch.tv slash marking out. I am going to get on there this week and I'm going to do some no mercy. It's going to be great. We have a big tag, big tag match coming up. Um, if you paid attention to the first two streams. But anyway, we have merchandise, prowrestlingtees.com slash marking out. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. I am also proud to say joined here by Dave, who you can follow on Twitter at Dave the Rave underscore MO. Dave, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing excellent. Yeah. Awesome. You? Good to hear. I'm doing pretty great. And Sweet. we're also joined here by the heart and soul, the one, the only, the social influencer himself, Brandon, who you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. Brandon, how you doing? I am doing awesome as always. Uh, on that long list, you left off the profit of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely nothing. Uh, pro- I, that was laughable. No, no. Me, I am absolutely angry. the prophet of podcasting. Name but, another person okay, that could be close but, to prophet of podcast. Nobody. I, I, I don't. I don't know about you, Chris, but I personally have a shrine to Brandon in my closet, and it's pretty epic. It's kind of like that straight out of the movie Major League. But this is somebody that is a podcaster tries to get someone to listen to his podcast and doesn't listen to any other podcasts. That's why I'm the prophet. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. People, I don't listen to people. People listen to me. Prophet and? 101, brother. Yeah, I know. I know. But we are all here at the same time. We're all here for a reason. Uh, and that reason is it's the end of the year. It's the last episode of the year of Marking Out. Uh, we are going to enter our 10th year in 2011, which uh, is, is shocking. Wow. Really shocking, if I have to say so myself. 
Um, so, yeah. But we have to go over the year that was uh, in 2020. Um, it was a hot dumpster fire of a year. Um, and before that, we have to give, especially, we don't talk Brandon being the prophet of the podcasting. He is like, as I say, the heart and soul of Market Out. I don't think we'd get to 10 years if it wasn't for Brandon. You know, and Brandon has had some hardships this year with, you know, the global <laughs> pandemic. And, I wouldn't you know, having come on. Deal- wait, wait, wait. I don't want to say hardships. People are a lot worse off than me. I got, Brandon, I got I got COVID. You. That's I got COVID but, and we couldn't and we couldn't film cooking with Brandon episode eight. Thumbs up. Yeah, but you know what? For you know because of this, it's been a stressful year for everybody. I know. I got you a very very special present. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Dan Housing with a message from Chris Housing to Brandon Housing. Yes. Brandon of the Marking Out Podcast, Dan Housen has one thing to say to you. Take a guess. That's right. Up yours, Brandon Housen. <laughs> this is a special message from Chris Housen. Anyways, Dan Housen actually has two things to say to you. Uh, love that Dan Housen. You must tell them all to love that Dan Housen. So that's from, from me to you. Well, Brandon. you know. Dan Housen. You know when I you... have been holding on to this for the past month. <laughs> Dave, Dave knows about this. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but anyway, how was your week, Brandon? Well, I mean, I think we should thank <laughs> we should thank uh, Dan Housen for being on Marking Out. It's a uh, best first time. Ever huh? spent. Yeah, thank you, Dan Housen, uh, Brand Housen. Yeah. Well, you, you you made it. You're you're officially a Housen. List of nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I didn't even think about that. Wow. We can call Brandon Housen now. Great. <laughs> Sweet. So what's the haps, Brandon? Uh, not much. Not real. I really did not do much. That's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right, Dave, yourself? Uh, you know, just a normal week in the neighborhood. Just keeping busy. Dave's been wearing cardigans, putting on his uh, sweater vests. Yeah, counting down the leather days. Leather patches on his elbows. Won't you, you be know, my count, neighbor? Count, counting down the days till uh, Christmas. Yeah, even though you're Jewish. This is, but this is right now. This is a post-Christmas show. Oh, yeah. that's so like, true. But like, what would you do now, Dave, on Christmas? Uh, you can't go to a Chinese restaurant. You can't go to the movies. I mean, you can go to the movies, but who you, wants No, to? you can get takeout, though. That's like a – you can get takeout Chinese food. They got the, the HBO Max, the big uh, Wonder Woman film. Anybody here yeah. interested in seeing Wonder Woman 1984? Uh, no. Still got to see most of the first one. Most. Most. <laughs> yeah. Dave I, kept I, going I, to the bathroom. Yeah, I kept on losing interest. So uh, got to try that one again. But yeah, yeah you know, uh, just plan just like what we do every year. Just plan how to take over the world. You uh, know? Did you watch any of the Animaniacs yet? No. How is it? Uh, it's all right. I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? Oh, all right. It's it's exactly what Animaniacs was. I know. But it's <laughs> like a 2020. Just more PC. Yeah. PC. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had to. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, but let's speaking of 2020, let's talk about 2020, and we'll kick off the show this week with kind of our you want to say recap of the year that was in 2020 when you know January and February were just so promising. And Remember those that months? Was, <laughs> I, it, it seems like a lifetime ago. Actually, no, it doesn't. But it's like. It was so promising, and then the pandemic happened, and then we lost all of independent wrestling. And AEW and WWE Survive had to do huge pivots 
on everything that they had, had to do. Uh, we got, you know, this year we got the end of The Undertaker, which yeah, is... There's a pin in that. Why is there a pin in that? But I don't fully... Pin. You can't fully believe that. I can. I... I Now I... That's... How, okay, Brandon, you're... I don't understand it. The dude leaves his hat and everything in the middle of the ring, and we think it's done, and you don't believe that. I mean, you... I don't know. He worked us once before. That. He's working us now. It's still never say <laughs> he's never. Complete, but, but like, he's completely broken. That's fine. The... But never hey, say Funny. never. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it stinks with The Undertaker. We saw the return, the surprise return of Edge. You know, my number one favorite wrestler of all time. Didn't think he'd ever come back. I didn't believe it until I saw it the next day because I fell asleep during the Rumble this year. Which, by the way, Chris, now that you bring up Edge, I have something for you. <laughs> <laughs> just Play kidding. it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nothing. I sat there with Sal, and I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, Dan Hansen cameos are dirt cheap. He goes, do it. I'm like, <laughs> I, I just needed that talk over the edge, and I did it. Finally That's got that. Awesome. I, I feel relieved now. Yeah. Um, uh, what highlights do you gentlemen have? Highlights? Um, of I mean, I, wait, before we get to highlights. Uh-huh. Lowlights? Actually, no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll stick to highlights. All right. So another highlight that I think was Drew McIntyre's entire uh, reign as champion, you know? I feel like this 2020, it has been an up and down, and it could be a sour point, but he tried to spin it into such a positive, and I think as a champion in Drew McIntyre, his role as champion was so important this year, especially with everything taking place. He had so much on his shoulders, and I think that he's done a really great job. So I think a highlight is Drew McIntyre as champion. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think a lot of people could pull something off like that. Yeah it's, it, yeah, it's a big responsibility if you think about it because with everything being shut down, WWE was still running and still going live. And Drew McIntyre as champion had to be so engaging with the fans that they still tuned in, that they forgot about every single thing taking place in the universe right now. And you just focused on his title ring. I got to so say think- uh, another WWE highlight would be the, I, th- I don't know if it was the first or second episode of SmackDown uh, at the Performance Center with Triple H doing commentary with Michael Cole. Yeah, that okay, was awesome. Yeah. I thought that was a fun a fun night. Always also uh Oscar on commentary was always fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to add uh Sting with AEW. That was a huge that I I was a, a mark out moment of the year uh for me also in AEW the rise of Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I was I was listening to Ryan Barkin from Pro Wrestling Tees on a, a podcast this week with Chris Van Vliet cuz you know I listen to other people's podcasts. Um and he was saying that Orange Cassidy is the number one selling shirt. He's like, both of his shirts are number one and two of the year. Wow. On Pro Wrestling Tees, which is crazy. His shirt is in Hot Topic, Mm -hmm. which is is even wild, too. So that, you know, and I I listened to last year's last episode of 2019 going into 2020. Oh, I did, too. I know, because we're broadcast journalists, and we like to be prepared for I'm wearing a bow tie. How about you? And I I did not go back and listen to it. I know, but I said one thing about character-based wrestlers were going to be on the rise, and I feel like that is something that has happened. You have like the character of Orange Cassidy, also uh, Abaddon, 
in AEW too. That's a crazy character. She's getting a nice little push right now. Um, you know, the war horses, the, you know, uh, he was just on the podcast, uh, 20 minutes ago, the Dan Housens. <laughs> now, let's so, not forget about probably the biggest character of them all. The fiend. Yeah, absolutely. So the rise in character based wrestling is a huge thing, which is uh, kind of weird because if you asked me a few years ago, I'm not big with like, you love Chikara. And for me, character wrestling just never got over with me. Yeah, I love Kane. I love Undertaker, but nothing re- like Boogeyman. I hated. Like, nothing there's gets me that a guy, a guy in, 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 in tights and kick pads. <laughs> I don't know how you could not be a fan of Boogeyman. I didn't. I didn't think he was good. I mean, he wasn't good. You know, like the character that the Dark Order has played this like cult type character. You know, five and ten in there, both of them don't mask. You don't even know who these guys are. Yeah, I think the character, I am totally one on it. Um, who else has, like, what else has been a huge highlight in this year? Um, the past three weeks in professional wrestling. The AEW and Impact uh, emergence, emergence that has happened. Yeah, And sure. I think once in the wrestling. It seems one-sided, though. Right Shut now. up. It does Shut seem up. one-sided. There's no mention of Impact stuff on on AEW, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, but maybe they're waiting for like a big reveal for that. Yeah, to there could could be a reason for that. I mean, you're still doing a, a one versus the other. Maybe the other one's going to say that we don't feel it's necessary to mention them because who they're, are they're they? Not, to us? They're not doing one versus the other. Well, this is kind of like intermingling right now. But I, yeah, again, you know, Impact also recorded through all January. That stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, all the way up to January. So then maybe once they get more to hard to kill, you got you, overcritical Brandon. Over no, here. it's not overcritical. I'm saying that it's like, they're saying you're, you're trying to say that right now we're seeing impact in AEW on both sides, but we're not, it's AEW on impact. I'm saying okay, that you're, they're we're working them, to work. We're seeing together. a merger. We're seeing a merger together. It's not a merger. It's not a merger. It's a merger together. They're working you're together. Seeing, you're seeing a comp. You're seeing two, of the the biggest wrestling companies in the United States working together, Come whereas on. years you can't ago call Impact the big company. Shut up! <laughs> Seriously, this is a good thing for professional wrestling as these two teams. Because five years ago, neither one of these companies would want to have the other ones in the. Well, I, I know what Brandon's gonna say. Well, AEW wasn't a thing five years ago, so. <laughs> but it's also uh, that's not what I was gonna say. Impact worked with other companies. I know, but uh, who did they work with? They worked with AAA, CMLL. Yep, Mexico, not the United States. I'm, I'm, so I'm going to change the topic because of, you know, for the sake of changing the topic, I'm going to go for a highlight, and I think that these two wrestlers deserve a highlight mention, especially during this era. I'm going with Bailey has been on fire ever since the start of everything. She has been on fire and killing it with her interactions versus Michael Cole and everything. Bailey, I used to rant about Bailey and how I disliked her. Now I cannot get enough of Bailey. And another wrestler that I feel that may be overlooked, MVP. I think ever since the start of everything, MVP became a stable person. And Shelton Benjamin too. Those two wrestlers, every single week, it ended up that they were be- featured on Monday Night Raw. MVP was doing his segments. He was in a match. We didn't know where he was going to end up. And then it ended up forming the Hurt Business. So for me, I think seeing those wrestlers step up is such a highlight, in my opinion, because it's something that I wouldn't have expected, but I totally welcome it. 
All right. Yeah. So I'm going to throw out a couple things here, a couple topics. I sent them to both of you. Um, first up, match of the year. What do you think the match of the year for 2020 was? Uh, match of the year for 2020, it's going to sound crazy, but I'm going AJ Styles versus The Undertaker, the Boneyard I, match. I 110% agree with you. I, I yeah, people I People are still that. talking about it. Yeah, people are still, and it, it really, I, I understand. We've had cinematic matches in the past, but this really, I, I thought that it told such a great story, and yeah, there's nothing to not love about it. Um, what about you, Brandon? I, I do think the Boneyard match is good. Uh, definitely up there for match of the year as far as exposure and stuff. But wrestling-wise, I think Walter versus Ilya Dragunov from NXT UK might have to be match of the year to me. I mm-hmm. think that's the best wrestling match yeah. of the year. Like, one of my personal favorite matches of the year was the parking lot brawl between best friends and Santana Ortiz on AEW Dynamite. That was I, thought, I thought you were going to say the Adam Cole one. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was about to I was about to dispute that one, too. I was going to be like, wait, what? No, the parking lot brawl that they did on yeah, AEW. Yeah, that was, yes, was that was a really good, that was a really good parking lot brawl between best friends and, uh, I don't know, what did you call them, Inner Circle? Or? Santana Ortiz. What about, okay, what about the event of the year? We haven't gotten a lot. I think it's just so, hard to to not say WrestleMania 36. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Brandon. I think WrestleMania 36 and the fact that we went to WrestleMania for two nights uh, back to back. I think that's huge. And I really I hope that we do see back to back nights of WrestleMania do it a full weekend gig. Uh, absolutely not. You can't do a full weekend WrestleMania. OK, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that, but I'm going to say something different and I'm going to explain why. Well, before you do, why don't you think you could do WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday again? No, like Friday, a whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, sorry, Dave, sorry, Dave, sorry. Dave, you I'm... couldn't last two days at WrestleMania <laughs> walking around the streets. You couldn't last one day at WrestleMania walking down. <laughs> I, I just needed some candy or something, you know? I was getting having temper tantrums right and left. But, I, I mean, just like a Saturday-Sunday thing. Not Friday, but Saturday-Sunday. I think that could work. I, yes. But I don't know if I like that still. Like, I, it's still, it was interesting to have this year. Wrestle Kingdom is, is again doing it two nights next year. Know, but they have story that goes into it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, Brand- IWG- okay. sorry, keep on going. Sorry. No, whatever. Regardless, let's hear. So, I, I agree with you guys that WrestleMania is definitely, you know, they took, and, it was, and that was in the beginning of it. That was like two weeks into the pandemic that that happened. Um, I'm going to say something a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. I am saying Talk and Shop Mania, the first one, not the <laughs> second one. No, uh, the, for a co- comedy aspect, it was great, but also, too, we forget, and we haven't even mentioned it. The WWE fired 30 wrestlers, well, 20 wrestlers and personnel and this type of thing in like the middle, uh, April 15th on the pandemic. You know, all these guys, a lot of these guys are, were dead. They lost their jobs. But Gallows and Anderson took their fan base and took their previous fan base and brought this new spectrum of life and something different into professional wrestling. Again, what did I talk about? character-based wrestling they made this entire universe yes it's god awful and it's terrible <laughs> but they took it and they made this whole universe now based around these characters and it's something different in professional wrestling and it's not serious that's yeah, I, the most important, 
that's the most important thing. I'm on, I'm, I'm on a really good tangent right here. Sorry, Dave. But no, like, no, go for it. Everybody takes everything so seriously. Brandon even said it last week. People are taking these ratings between NXT and AEW so seriously. This is not serious at all. And that's what's great about it. And like, it, it's terrible. The wrestling is bad. But it's just, it's a breath of fresh air. It's something different. And it's so stupid. The main event, if you watch, and then if you watch the second one too, it was even more ridiculous. I had to watch it twice. I didn't even, I haven't done that with many pay-per-views this year. Just be like, so that really just happened. That's what I think. Talking Shalpamania, maybe one of the events of the year. I heard that it totally sucked and that everybody should be watching it because it sucks so much. Because Randy Orton says so. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, but in, I, in I, regards... I, I just want to quickly comment on something that you said, but I totally agree with you that it's so important that people just forget about all the... Taking everything so serious. And I When totally they have no agree. stakes. They have no stakes in it. What do you mean by that? That's what... Like, they're not, they don't get paid by the company. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, I think that's, that's a great aspect. And I totally agree. I think that the, the ratings war, quote unquote, that the fans create, I think that it's totally out of line and it's stupid. It's enjoy wrestling for wrestling. Have fun. Lose yourself in pro wrestling. And I'm over hey, here. Right? It's awesome. In regards to Gallows and Anderson, though, I do have to say I'm disappointed that we I I don't I it has to be I I assume because of the layoffs, we didn't get more South Paul regional wrestling. I'm assuming that's 100 percent the reason we had the trailer. I think it was maybe February or so coming summer 2020 and then nothing because they fired them. That's why. Gosh, darn it. Yeah, (laughs) they got Uh, rid of Big Bart. They got rid of Tex and. Gonna miss Southpaw. Women's wrestler of the year. I think we could all equally say it's Bailey. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Ten percent. Uh, like on the, the professional wrestling side, I want to say the women's wrestler of the year is Tiana Perazzo. because here's somebody again with those massive layoffs. She got her her job in NXT taken away from her, and what did she do? She went to a new company and showed how valuable she is. She's the overall wrestler of the year for Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Which I think is great, and maybe after a knockout's run, you put her for the world title, because you've seen how good she is. Mm-hmm. I think me and you say that collectively every single week, Brandon, how good she is and how talented she is well, and how I mean, she yeah, never got a shot in NXT. We've been preaching Deanna Perrazzo for, for years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In uh, Ring of Honor also. All right. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things with her was how I think she gained a lot of people's uh, respect when she set out to wrestle i think every weekend of the entire year or whatever her goal was and it was insane but she accomplished it you know so so much so much respect for her i definitely agree tag team of the year hmm well i mean i'm throwing the golden role models in there for sure bailey and sasha banks i'm i'm throwing out new day and i'm throwing out the north okay i don't know why i said that so angrily I'll turn um, out the north, goddammit. <laughs> what about you, Chris? So, New Day, I will always, as much as I do not watch WWE, I will always love the New Day. We know this. Um, I want to say Gallows and Anderson, too, 
for again these two guys yes they have their own pay-per-view and they have this own wrestling universe now but they've branded themselves as more than just a tag team they've made themselves like the talking shop brand is now like an entrepreneurial venture for these guys because they have whiskey and they have wine made now that they're selling on top of like you know all the merchandise they have at like collar and elbow and on pro wrestling tees so these guys have took an extreme negative and have said that apparently this was supposed to be the last contract that they're ever going to sign got fired built themselves out but now they're building up a, a brand new company with them they were in the main event mm. of wrestlemania yeah that too let me ask you a question can you be uh, considered the tag team of the year if you've only had a few matches and uh and you you don't tag anymore uh, could, could the major saying, brothers <laughs> the major brothers matt cardona and brian myers even though they went their separate ways they still stay together do their podcasts and all their charity work and everything yeah awesome. yeah they definitely um, i'm gonna toss one out there i don't know if you'll agree but i think street profits are definitely up there yes i yeah. you know Absolutely. I, I yeah i think entertaining wise and i think they've done a, a really great job but also undisputed era yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely not FTR. No offense, guys, but <laughs> no, I 100 percent agree with you because they were off yeah. TV so for so long, and like they came in, got hot, won the tag team titles, and lost them to the Bucks. And they've just been, you know, for the past month, they've just been flattering. They shouldn't yeah. be. The Young Bucks shouldn't be tag team champions, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, and they shouldn't be in uh, series three. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't be in series three. Damn it! Um, I yeah. So I think that's everything. Mark, uh, mark out uh, moment of the year. We're going to just do the mark out moment of the, the year now instead of doing it at the end of the show? Oh, well, I mean, I have mark out moment of the week versus the year. I don't think that necessarily correlates to the mark out moment of the week. I know. Well, I was going to have my match of the week. It was going to be a match of the year. So, um, yeah. What, so else, what other awards do we have? That's it. No I awards. Mean, um, what about the... Um, I was going to say, last year, uh, we spoke about who we thought were going to be WWE and Universal champions this year. Coming... Wait, but we, we we didn't even say who we think is the best male wrestler of the year. We Well, we said wrestler of the year in general. I just think yeah, Bailey's but... there for, for both. So who so. do you think is the best male wrestler of the year? Because we did a women's wrestler of the year, so let's do a male wrestler of the year. Who do you think would be the best male wrestler of the year? I don't know if it'd be McIntyre or, or Adam Cole. So for me... Uh, this is going to be a little bit – so I have two picks, but there's one that I really think I'm going to stick with. My second pick, my runner-up, is AJ Styles. Okay. Phenomenal and, who? And the person that I think had the best 2020, and this could be definitely argumentative, I'm going with Randy Orton. Yeah, Randy Orton had a pretty great year, week. Yeah. yeah. I mean – I mean, with with I mean, if you think about it, if you think about, I mean, of course, I'm I am biased towards WWE, but from the Monday Night Raws and stuff, he's been featured on most of the Monday Night Raws in all of a good amount of the uh, pay per view main events. I'm and he's always been with the Edge stuff, with the Fiend stuff, with the AJ Styles. I'm I'm gonna go with Randy Orton. I uh, you can't debate that. Um, yeah, so I, so I agree with you on that one. So it's we, Kenny Omega. Uh, Kenny Omega had the best year ever. <laughs> that's you careful. You might get, uh, yelled at from other people. I who? I don't know. Somebody who listens. He disrespects right, Canada. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> 
Hashtag cancel Chris. But uh, yeah, so we spoke about who angry Canadians. We spoke about who will uh, end 2020 as WWE champion and Universal champion. Last year, Chris said for Universal, uh, it would be Roman Reigns. And I was right. Chris, uh, or Dave also said that, as did I. For WWE Championship, Chris said Brock Lesnar. Boy, I was wrong. Dave <laughs> said Brock at first, but switched it to John Cena. <laughs> oh, so close. And I said, closing out 2020 as WWE Champion would be Drew McIntyre. Wow, look at you. So yeah. that that was cool that uh, both happened. And um, I'm more so happy for Drew McIntyre that it actually happened this year. Yeah, I, Not to take anything away from Roman Reigns because he's a fantastic character right now. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. Uh, I think that this entire new um, character of Roman Reigns has been great. And uh, Chris, we haven't really been able to speak about it, the, both of us. But on the show, me and Brandon have brought it up before. But Roman Reigns, he's been doing phenomenal on the mic even where to the point where Paul Heyman is barely even speaking on the mic. He's just there as a face. He's not really on the mic he's there to meet gaze over roman reigns yeah but there to do you know but that's how good yeah no but that's one thing too like somebody pointed out they're like when roman when brock lesnar was with when paul hayne was with brock lesnar he'd yell and he'd scream you know he'd do all this crazy stuff outside the ring paul hayman just sits there and seriously just meet gazes at Reigns because of like at in awe of him as a performer and like you know in ring persona and stuff like that so i mean Roman reigns is great hmm. so fine. like should we so, make predictions for next year who goes okay. out as champions uh well i don't really pay attention to so can i do the aew side of it yeah, yeah well i mean we could start with aew do we do all Depending champions on, i don't know just or just the championship whatever you want well then we gotta do impact too you think kenny omega's closing out also i think kenny omega is going to be at the end of the year is going to be the wrestler of the year do you think he's going to like have... lose it at all, or he's going around collecting nope. championships? He's, he's going. Kenny Omega is going everywhere and anywhere. Kenny Omega <laughs> can go. I can tell you who won't he's... close the year next year as a uh, champion. Be Cody, be Cody Rhodes. Uh, I meant yeah, he's, as he's uh, as right AEW champion. <laughs> did yeah. you say he's, <laughs> a, he's did you say he's champion right now? No, he's not champion right now. Right. Be no, but I, I meant specifically the AEW world champion. Yeah, I have. I, I expect Kenny Omega to just show up once, like, the world opens again. I would not be remiss if I didn't see Kenny Omega in PWG. Like, the PWG's big comeback show. Let's say they do, like, a mystery vortex again where you don't know who's going to be there. And then Kenny Omega shows up. People will lose their minds. I, I don't know why I thought PWG was closing. No, PWG is not closing. Bar wrestling clause this year, and we don't even want to, we don't want to talk about the negatives because there's so much negatives. It's so much death this year. Professional wrestling too. Like, I, I'm I'm gonna make a pick on the AEW, even though I don't really watch it too much. But I'm gonna go with the champion closing out the year of 2021 for AEW. It's going to be Orange Cassidy. Oh man, that's imagine Kenny Omega loses the AEW championship to Orange Cassidy. <laughs> the world. Oh my god, that's spectacular. It's gonna Thank be you. sting. 
Sting. No, Sting. Like Sting shoots in AEW. If you didn't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we don't have to do the other titles too. <laughs> the WWE, <laughs> WWE Universal, I guess. Okay. From Reigns. Right. <laughs> it's hard to not think Roman Reigns. I don't know. And it's for it's me right, right now, Roman... it's hard to, to not see anybody else but Drew McIntyre. But I don't see that lasting. The Fiend. The Fiend's going to take over Monday Night Raw. I hope. Part of me I'm wants to go... say Miz. But I don't know. The gap in between how long he's been champion. For yeah. Universal... I'm going to go with just to be different. I th- I, it's so difficult to remember who's on which roster too at times. But again, that doesn't matter because uh, they have drafts and whatnot. You never know. That's true. Money in the banks I'm, in May. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Kevin Owens for Universal, and for WWE, you're going McIntyre. Uh, no, who did I say? Did I say McIntyre? You said that it would no, be I hard said the to Miz. see him. Without... I said The Miz. The Miz? Chris, what do you think? Or are you just not going to... Who did I... For... I said The Fiend. The Fiend? Yeah, Universal is going to be Roman Reigns carrying it the year round. They're going to have him beat CM Punk's record. Mm-hmm. Remember that one they highly touted? They finally found somebody that they can do it with. I like that thought. I'm going to go with The Fiend, too. So, like, does CM Punk show up at all, or...? No. <laughs> you need to know, like, countdown buzzer in the Royal Rumble, and then... No, absolutely Dude, I'm, I would lose myself. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the second time when you gave the lose yourself tonight. <laughs> I would mark out so much for that. It's a hot so. Sorry. Well, those are some predictions. Moving over to WWE TLC results. We had a kickoff match. Big E, Chad Gable, Otis, and Daniel Bryan defeated uh, Sami Zayn, King Corbin, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. Did you ever think we would see Daniel Bryan on a kickoff show? I mean, I believe that we have in the past. I don't recall. But but, but would, I thought that you were going to say, would you ever believe that we were going to have a match? That placed Gable, Brian, Zane, Nakamura, Cesaro, Corbin, all of these guys, Big E, Otis, like good wrestlers in the ring together. Yeah, you know? and, and that's like a lot of people complain like, oh, kickoff matches suck, blah, blah, blah. I think for a very long time now, kickoff show matches have been really good. I agree with you, and I think that to start off the kickoff with these wrestlers was a, a great choice. I mean, all and these it had storyline in it. Exactly, yeah. Everything was based off the storyline. You had Gable and Otis play out everything that they're doing with Gable uh, coaching him. Yeah, they had uh, when Otis went to hit the caterpillar, uh, or uh, Otis did hit the caterpillar, and, and Chad Gable made him tag out. They went, so it's like kind of like controls and whatnot, but they go for a double team move. Nakamura reversed it. It turned into one of those things where everyone gets a move in. Yeah. But it ends with storyline, big storyline. Sami Zayn, Big E. Big E picks up the victory after the big ending. 
Later on, exactly. we saw Sami Zayn yelling at Kayla Braxton for the leaked Tom Cruise-esque audio, and she wouldn't reveal <laughs> who leaked it. And then, uh, even furthermore, we saw Big E and, and R-Truth on the actual pay-per-view backstage just laughing. And Sami Zayn cut this off, yelled at both of them. Which leads to that match on SmackDown that they're going to be having. Or yeah. that they that they had. <laughs> and and I think that it, it was great. I love the storyline aspect. It wasn't just random. And it was... What do you think about Daniel Bryan's haircut? I, I feel like we've discussed this already on the show. I don't think I was in on that one. I don't know. I, it looks fine. Yeah. It, I, at first, I had to double take it. I was just like, oh. It's not like a the new first haircut. Time that I saw it. How's that the first no, time? But the, fir- the first time that I saw it, I was just like kind of confused. But next up, you had the start of the pay-per-view. Drew McIntyre picking up the victory over AJ Styles and... Hey, somebody that cashed in or did not cash in the Miz in a TLC match to retain the title. I feel like nothing really happened here. I have to agree with you. And that kind of makes me a little bit happy that this kicked off the pay-per-view because I think the rest of the pay-per-view was really entertaining. Like there were cool spots in this. I I liked when AJ Styles... um, because he was working over McIntyre's knee the whole match, I liked him hitting that calf crusher with the ladder. And then yeah, I, even I, later he hit it with the uh he used the, the calf crusher with the chair. And I thought those were two cool moments. I thought that the so I maybe this match was just a little bit too long. But I don't I know what ca- it was. I don't know, but the cash in moment kind of gave it a little bit more life. Yeah, Miz like, Morrison came out, Miz he ends up putting Drew McIntyre through a table after McIntyre well, puts say, AJ through a let's table. Just, let's just say the Jomo appears to be the one that cashed in. Yeah, and then not uh, the Miz. Yeah, and then after uh, McIntyre went through that table, almost grabbed Miz and put him through a table. And I, I thought that spot was like that was a fun spot to see. And he just walked over and just like casually dropped him into the table. No jo- power bomb, no nothing, just drop. John Morrison uh, smashed a chair over Omos's back and like completely destroyed the chair, which I thought was a cool spot. Mm-hmm. But then John Morrison scurried off with Omos walking after him. And that was a little weird spot for me because there were moments where like Jomo had a clear path to the back and he just runs towards the back and then he comes back towards him. Then he runs back and then he doesn't know where to go, what direction to go to. It's like, dude, you just... Just go to the back. And this was something new. We've never seen somebody win the Money in the Bank briefcase from somebody else and then go on to not cash in successfully. Yeah, yeah. And who knows how this is going to even play out. I mean, we'll talk about it later on, but who knows if this is actually going to count as a cash-in moment. Yeah, um, that matchup we'll next, see. we saw Sasha Banks defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Carmella, successfully retaining. Uh, the Somalier got involved twice, and I think both times should have been a disqualification. Maybe well, that's I just don't, me. I, so I disagree with that just because, and my, my dad was watching at the time too, and he thought that that should have been a DQ too because he got involved. But the thing is, he didn't lay hands on Yeah, but on he was still he still broke up a pin. Yeah, but he didn't lay hands on her and I believe 
as per the unofficial rule book that I don't know anything of, that mm-hmm. if the wrestler doesn't actually place their hands on like that wrestler, then it's fair game. I don't know. We, we may have to tweet out someone. I don't know. But outside out of that, a... I, I really like this match. And I, I think this was my favorite match of the night. Um, hmm. I like the uh, the spiked I... X Factor, the, the Tilt-A-Whirl yeah. X Factor thing that, that Carmella yeah. did. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. And I think that the end, I, I give Carmella a lot of credit because Carmella, I don't think, gets a lot of credit as a wrestler. Let but, me, before you before you say what uh-huh. you say, Booker T on Talking Smack last week said something about how her in-ring IQ is definitely not as high as Sasha Banks' in-ring IQ and, and made it seem like Carmella has done absolutely nothing in this business while Sasha Banks is champion after champion after champion. And Carmella like got really pissed. She's like, "What do you mean I've done nothing? I've I've been who who's the first women woman to win the to win a a Money in the Bank? Me. Who was the the first woman to win a second Money in the Bank? Me. I yeah. I won this. I, mean, I won that. I won this. I won that. She, she like laid out her accolades, and Booker T was just left there to be like, "Whoops." So I do agree that I think Sasha Banks is definitely on a different level than Carmella. Absolutely. But, but Carmella's like that underdog where like you don't really yeah. hear her getting put over. And I think like she's uh-huh. like she she's she that aspect be. that I feel she's that aspect that I feel like they wanted to try to make Car make Lana into. That underdog aspect where you don't really see her coming but I she picks up those don't wins, you know? See that at all. I think Lana's even in a different <laughs> boat than she it, is. I, I definitely think that she's not on the same level at all, but that's sort of an underdog mentality. But uh, Booker T's comment was perfect. It was perfectly laid out there because it provided that spotlight for Carmella to remind fans who she is. Why is she in this title match right now? Why does she deserve this? You know, so I thought that that Booker T lead yeah, into her. Booker T probably actually believes what he's saying. <laughs> no, I that was pure script, and that I was. I don't. I don't know about that. I I I believe he that said it was similar scripted. things in the past, though. So I, I don't. I can't see that being a script. I don't know. I I would say I would believe that it's a script, and even if it's not, it laid out perfectly. And I, the reason, even more to... so, the reason why I don't think it was a script was because she was so flustered with it. She was like shocked that that Booker T said it. Well, the thing is, it was perfect because it laid out, it allowed her to remind fans who she was after being away for a while. So it was perfect. But oh, so I was gonna say the end of this match. Towards the end of this match, they had that back and forth moment uh, between the pinning combinations and stuff like that. And Carmella held her own with Banks, and I thought that that was just such good communication between the two of them during that moment. Yeah, even the um, submission to submission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just really good. But next up, you had the Hurt Business pick up the victory over New Day to become the new tag team champions. Dedicated uh, to uh, Shad Gaspard. Yeah, and uh, Cedric picking up the victory. Which is it's pretty cool that uh, right after he won the titles, he went directly to Shad's house to celebrate. Huh, that's really With his really child, cool. yeah. But I dude, this I during this match I thought it was kind of weird. I tweeted out that it's been over 17 years since Shelton Benjamin was a tag team champion in WWE. 
Wow. And about a minute later or so, Tom Phillips said the exact same thing. I was like, what? <laughs> I, I thought it was like obviously such a coincidence, but that like yeah, that yeah. like threw me for a second. But I, I really I think of the the matches that Hurt Business has had with New Day, I enjoyed this one the most. Yeah. I could agree. Uh the only thing that I thought was weird and that I actually thought was gonna lead to the Hurt Business losing. Shelton Benjamin was waiting for Kofi Kingston to get up so he could hit his finisher on him. Cedric tags himself in to win the match. I thought that was very Which weird. Goes to, but that goes into that entire aspect of what we've been seeing out of Cedric Alexander. You know, he seems like that. So he's not a team player? I don't understand. Exactly. Yes, he's. that's exactly what he's been showing. I mean, a I few weeks ago, he... He picked up the victory, but he celebrated on his own instead of with MVP and Shelton Benjamin during in that ring segment. And then the week before, there was that aspect where um, I forgot what he did. I think he may have done this entire thing again. I think he tagged himself from Shelton Benjamin to pick up the victory. And I think that this is going to play out into into him getting a beatdown from the Hurt Business for being taught a lesson. And either this keeps him either gets him further into the hurt business or they boot him out of there but something's going to happen with him and Shelton that something's been brewing well they are tag team champions congratulations to Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander i'm looking forward to a title run here yes um Earlier in the night, we saw Billy Kay try to team up with Asuka since Asuka was left partnerless after uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler took Lana out. Uh, we didn't know if it was going to be Mandy Rose. We didn't know if it was going to be uh, uh, Dana Brooke. We didn't know who Asuka's tag team partner was going to be. Um, R-Truth even volunteered. I was kind of hoping that was going to happen, but... That wasn't the case, as uh, the internet was correct. Asuka and Charlotte Flair, who returned, teamed up and became the new tag team champions to defeat Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Yeah. It's been Um, uh, just over six months since we've seen Charlotte, and the last time we saw her, uh, she lost to Asuka, I believe. Mm-hmm. I am not happy with that at all. And uh, it's. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. At this point, I'm like mixed because I feel like because Charlotte is champion, we'll see the titles travel more. What do you mean by that? Well, when she was NXT champion, I mean, when she was, she went. She went through all the brands, so like her winning the NXT championship, we thought was great. Yes, agree. So maybe her right, but it's but it is. These titles can go anywhere, so yes, it is. These are open Mm -hmm. for all brands. We've seen the titles defended in NXT before, so I'm hoping that. Asuka and Charlotte end up losing it in NXT. That would actually be okay. So Asuka and Flair are probably out like out of every NXT female that came through NXT. 
I think it's safe to say Charlotte Flair and Asuka are probably the two best female wrestlers. Would you agree? No. <laughs> I know I I know Bailey, Sasha Banks are up there too, but I feel like Asuka and Flair are definitely I'm not putting Flair over that, Bailey and Sasha Banks. I think that they left them I think that they left a strong mark with NXT. You know? So okay. So regardless of that, that's one prowrestlingtees.com slash marking out. No, we do with, the we do the use the coupon code at manscaped.com. <laughs> oh well with that, who would you say defeats them in that's NXT? I, that's I don't know. Cause they'd have to put on a hell of a match too. I could see that happen. I I would like to see that happen. I think that would be really cool, really entertaining. Um I mean tag team wise you have so many people that would be good pairing down there too yeah but charlotte charlotte joins bailey uh oscar and sasha banks and she's now the fourth grand slam champion even though she claims to be the only grand slam champion maybe because she's held the uh the divas title but i don't uh that that's not really factored into it so i don't think she's the only grand slam champion um, yeah. main event of the evening was not the match we expected it to be. I think I fully expected it to be Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Um, I forgot what we said last week, but yeah, I it, thought for sure well, we were going to see a TLC match, open the show and a TLC match, close the show. I thought Firefly Inferno match would be right in the middle, but, uh, not to jump ahead, what happened to close it is not something you're coming back from in a pay-per-view. Exactly. But let's get on to So Roman Reigns picked up the victory over Kevin Owens in a TLC match to retain. I was entertained by this match. Yeah, I liked this match a lot. Kevin Owens attacked Roman Reigns from behind before the match even started. Um, and it got way more brutal than the opening match did. Mm-hmm. We saw yeah, Jey Uso sure. get involved. Kevin Owens takes him out. Jey Uso rejoins. He gets taken out again. Jey Uso comes back. Just in time for Kevin Owens. Uh, he had the championship. Almost going to win. Kevin Owens ends up taking him out again. Goes to uh, climb up the ladder. Gets low blowed and choked out. I think the ending maybe dragged on a little bit. But... Uh, Roman Reigns, he he won the match. Yeah. I think him standing on the ladder after choking Kevin Owens out, I think could have been cut a little bit. But this uh, ultimately, I thought, was a really good TLC match. I definitely agree with you. I, th- I thought it was a lot of fun to watch. And Kevin Owens, this entire aspect, it helps. It pushes me to seeing that Kevin Owens could be champion very shortly. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but I mm-hmm. would not mind that. I just think Roman Reigns is on that tear. Yeah, yeah. Main event, we saw Randy Orton defeat The Fiend in a Firefly Inferno match. This was something we didn't even get to say on the show last week uh, during the Raw segment, I don't think, because they didn't announce it until way after. Um, but the... The fire, it was weird because it wasn't there from the start like every other Inferno match. 
it, it was like a completely different Inferno match where it didn't surround the ring in the way that we normally are used to it. Which makes sense, too, because they utilized their space that they had available. Because usually they put it around the ring because you also have – they can't – they couldn't do what they did right during this event Absolutely. because you have the fans there. And I, I was hoping that we were going to see more of like a darkened like swamp feel to it because it was like Firefly. Okay. But I, I, I thought this was a good match. I like this. I, I like that at one you. point I... Orton was sitting in that rocking chair and Fiend uh, had that trail of lighter fluid to it. The one thing I didn't like about that, great spot, but I don't think the camera... You want grew. a Home Alone spot, which makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that they, they should have... The, the spot was there. They just didn't have the camera on the line of fire leading up to it, you know? Like they spliced the cut away... And they cut back to it. Or they didn't show... They were focused on Randy Orton and not the ground. And they didn't show it leading up to that. And that, I thought, would have been more powerful. Um, but I loved how the flames weren't lit or anything. And then the Fiend hits a move. And then, boom! Yeah. Everything is lit. Or, or whatever happened, everything was lit from the Fiend. And then after that, it was just every time there's a huge move, everything just lit up again. And it was just a lot of fun. And that end of the match. They had that little was, tussle on the outside where the Fiend's back caught fire. Yeah, he, uh, it wasn't even a tussle. He had the mandible claw locked in there. And, you know, uh, he had the mandible claw. And then he backed him into the fire, catching the Fiend's back on fire. He still maintained the mandible claw on him. And then they broke free. He gets into the Randy Orton, gets into the ring. And the Fiend notices he's on fire, rushes into the ring. Just to get hit with an RKO. That cinematography aspect of, like, that's like a stunt uh, <laughs> double effect, you know? Which I don't just, even know. Like, I still, like, was that Bray Wyatt? Like, did he do that? That was a crazy spot. Right? Like, the fact that he, it's like a zombie movie where you see the zombie on fire, but he's still running towards you. And I thought that it was just, inc- it was just so cool. Uh, um, and then even more after that, the bell didn't ring, which I thought was super odd. And I, I agree with you that the bell should have rung. And then Randy Orton went outside, grabbed that gas canister, poured it all over the fiend. They cut away and they cut back to what's clearly a dummy. Um, but the fiend goes up in flames. Yeah. Uh, and I thought for sure people would be like, this ending sucks. <laughs> yeah, if you look but carefully, no. you can even notice that the Fiend is actually dead. He's not even breathing, you know? Well, I mean, you could he's tell actually... it's not the Fiend. Like, there's... What? It's definitely not the Fiend, but... Uh... What do you mean? But I thought people were going to tear it apart, and I think overly, uh, a majority of people were positive about it. Yeah, I, and that's kind of funny because usually you expect a lot of the marks and stuff like that to bash uh, something pro wrestling related so quickly, especially something that could be that's so easily uh, identifiable as something like this. Where yeah, I mean, Impact had Johnny Bravo get shot and people were trashing it. It's like, come on. Yeah, I was I was surprised that fans were actually taking this for what it was, and it was fun. It's like it not to not to jump ahead to uh, AEW, but on this week, Abaddon bites the the neck of Hikaru Shida and makes her like not pour blood from her 
from her neck, but bleeds from her neck, basically. They had, like, the, I guess she had gimmick in her mouth. So the Shayna Baszler spot? Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Actually, yeah, yes. Yeah, Baszler did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but it's still, it's uh, like, it's not something you have to trash. With Shayna Baszler, you don't expect it because that's, like, just stupid. But Abaddon, it fits. We did trash Baszler when she did it to Becky Lynch. But Abaddon, it fits. That, like, 100% it fits her character. Shayna Baszler did not ever bite in NXT. She wore a mouth guard. It did not fit at all. That's true. She wore some mouth guard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that was WWE TLC moving hold over. Hold on, Brandon. Brandon, wait, 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 wait. Before we move on. Okay, let's move on to some Monday Night Raw. No, you're going to do that again this week. Oh, okay. Okay, restart, restart. <laughs> that was WWE TLC moving over to some Monday Night Raw. <sighs> I don't know why I heard it. Monday Night Nitro. Charlotte and Asuka opened the show. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax cut it off. Uh, just as Charlotte went to bring up the Raw Women's Championship, please, dear God, I cannot take another Charlotte versus Asuka match. We saw Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke cut this off. I thought this was a terrible all-around promo to even open the show, to even have on the show together. That made no sense. I thought it was bad. Um, Do you have any thoughts on that? Um... Uh, I would have rather not opened with this. <laughs> it, it sets up with a match that was supposed to take place later on. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defeat Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. I I just miss Shayna Baszler from February. She was at... She killed everybody in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Total domination. So... I just, I hope for her to get there again someday. Mm-hmm. This was, I thought, an odd ending to this also because after they won the match, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose drop-kicked Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Nah. Like, where's that going? Not, Is that feud going to continue? I don't know. I wasn't that much of a fan of it. We saw a VIP lounge with the Hurt Business, and I got to say, I didn't really like Bobby Lashley being the U.S. champion. But now that Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander have the tag team championships, I'm like way more accepting of Bobby Lashley as champion. I thought they looked fantastic Uh, with all the the, the championships there. Yeah, I'm a big I'm 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 a mark for the hurt business. You know, I think what they have going on is great. And it's it's a lot of fun to just watch. But again, I feel like this segment uh, maybe didn't really need to happen because like we saw they were taking a Christmas card photo where our truth showed up in the background, which led the raw roster to chase them, uh, chase him around the, the ringside area. But then the mm-hmm. Hardy bros came out and I didn't really understand why, like they already had the match set up later on. I don't think they needed that promo. Yeah. But, I, t- I totally agree with you. Not needed. And that, that happened multiple times. And I felt like NXT was very heavy with that this week as well. And I did not like that. 
Mm-hmm. But after that, we saw Angel Garza defeat Drew Gulak, which is exactly, it went how you would expect it to have. A showcase match for, for Angel Garza. Um, But hopefully this leads to a, a push for Angel Garza. He's been off for quite some time. Yeah, it's it's really nice to see him back on TV. And, you know, I, I just want to see what's going to happen with Andrade. I think the other a few weeks ago, it was him versus Humberto Carrillo on main event. And it's like he's another one that we haven't heard from in a while. Yeah, This could happen on TV like both of them, I think, are really good at what they do. Mm hmm. So, yeah, there's no no denying that. Um, After that, we saw Miz TV with AJ Styles and Miz yelled about losing after cashing in the Money in the Bank contract and said that nobody respects him, nobody cares about him, and if he had successfully cashed in, then people might have cared about him. Mm -hmm. And then Miz tried to like smooth things over with AJ Styles and offered him and almost roles in the Marine 7, which I thought was funny. Yeah, but Drew McIntyre came out, cuts this off, followed by Sheamus, followed by Keith Lee. They read the Nightmare After TLC, which was a play on the opening segment from last week's Raw, which was still a great segment. Then they all end up brawling. Sheamus sets up for a bro kick, and AJ Styles kicks Keith Lee into Sheamus. So Sheamus and Keith Lee argued a little bit, but the main takeaway from this was The Miz arguing that John Morrison was the one who cashed in the money in the bank. Yeah, you even see later on, he's on the phone disputing that. I would love if Miz was able to get that contract back and then successfully, uh, then he's able to actually cash in. What would be I better think would be for him brilliant. to be successful or not successful? No, I think to, to actually cash in. It would be brilliant. People would hate him. I think so both aspects work with him too. It would push him to be the top heel as opposed to like, eh, he's just staying in the same status where he is now. That's true. And if he does lose again, it would be more of a comedic Miz than anything, which I could see working for him too. Miz is, I think hands down, Miz is one of the best wrestlers in the WWE. Unless they're and able I, to to have him lose again and it not be his fault that he gets the, the contract back again. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. I would definitely I, I hope that. that he, yeah, I hope he gets it back. Next up, you have T-Bar. Pick up the victory over Ricochet. Um, Retribution hey, got involved. Ricochet takes them out. Yeah, but T-Bar finally getting that W. Yeah, they distracted him just enough so T-Bar could... Uh, could get that victory. And then afterwards, T-Bar told Ricochet to join them. And I think he even said that they're not against him. They just want to help him or something. Yeah. Do you think that Ricochet will join? I, I don't know where this is leading to. I don't know if like Ricochet is going to show up with his own like backup or whatnot, but the it seems like I he has see- to. That's like the, uh, the end game of right. this has to be Ricochet joining Retribution. The thing that sucks about it, though, is... What I see coming out of this is Ricochet teaming up with Ali, which would be a fantastic tag team to watch, um, especially in a tag title reign. But you also still have T-Bar and Mace, which uh, is presumed a tag team. 
So I don't know what's going to happen with this. Well, uh, next up, yeah. In fantasy booking, there's the WWE Championship. There's also the uh, Intercontinental Championship. True. Or the U.S. Championship. I, uh, I meant U.S. Very true. Very true. After that, though, we saw the Hurt Business. Bobby Lashley and MVP defeat the Hardy Bros. Um, I, I like the Hardy yeah. Bros as a team. They yeah, don't, it's not here. like they're they're not just doing Hardy Boys move. They're doing like hybrid moves. Yeah, yeah, they're meshing well together, and I like that the that it was Lashley and MVP. You know, which should I, the Hardy Bros have lost? Um, yeah, I think it's okay because it's her business, and her business I think feel like has been on a roll, and I think it's really cool that MVP still wrestles. I think that's it's so cool that he's not only the mouthpiece, but he's also one of the wrestlers still. Yeah. Uh, um, match up next, we saw Jackson Riker making his Monday Night Raw in-ring debut, defeating Grand Metallic. Uh, this was an um, interesting match. It was quick, but I liked Elias sitting up on the, the top turnbuckle performing during it until uh, Grand Metallic hit him with the Hurricane Rana. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a nice little impact. The outcome was very obvious here, which yeah. I guess I'm fine with. If they're, I mean, they're clearly building up Jackson Riker, so yeah, they have to, you know. I just wish Grand Metallic was where Grand Metallic should be. Hmm. Well, next up, you had Randy Orton addressing uh, everything that took place the night before, and. I liked his promo. Yeah, uh, this was this was better. Yeah, I, we I saw, was a fan of this. We saw Fiend gimmicks start to happen. And when the lights came back on, Alexa Bliss had a whole playground set up <laughs> inside the ring, a whole swing set. And, and I love the fact that the swing set set on the top moment of Bliss. So I guess that's the new moment of Bliss uh, set up. But... I thought that it was so – I love Alexa Bliss when she goes face-to-face with Orton. Yeah, she didn't it's back like, down at all. Yeah, and she did that last – two weeks ago. Or last week she did the same thing, that carrying spot moment where she gets face-to-face to Randy Orton, which I think is so awesome to see because uh, height comparison and everything like that, just seeing her have no fear – and just stand up to him. I love that aspect. And then, um, yeah. She told she us that to say, the, yeah. she said the fiend is home. But if he yeah, comes back, like it'll be like right? nothing that Orton's ever seen before. And then the lights went out and that was the end of the segment. I thought they were going to come back on, hopefully have uh, Randy Orton react to the fact that the swing set and Alexa Bliss is no longer there. But I, maybe, I agree. maybe that's like the end of this story for Orton and Fiend. I don't think that this is even close to the end. I, I, I love that Ale- I love that Alexa Bliss made a lot of jokes too about at the expense of the Fiend. Yeah. Talking about how he's burnt and this and that just His really favorite food barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> see like she made some some jokes in there and I loved it. And I think that this is far from over. And I'm intrigued to see what is next and something that i love is that randy orton if you think about it has always played a factor 
in Bray Wyatt's transition of characters? Um, yes. So, not that I think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But where is the Fiend's home? Um, it's NXT. What if during New Year's Evil? Why would you think it's NXT? New Year's Evil. What do you mean? Why would I think it's NXT? It's not. I mean, FCW is not a thing anymore. So it's NXT. That's where Bray All Wyatt right. became Bray Wyatt. Okay, go on. New Year's Evil. Maybe the Fiend shows up and uh, we we see Finn Balor and uh, Kyle O'Reilly doing their thing. Finn Balor maybe wins or something, or just the Fiend interrupts and the Fiend. Then we get Fiend versus Demon Balor at the next takeover or something like that. That would be cool, but I don't see that happening at all. I don't I see that happening Fiend, at all either. <laughs> yeah, I, if anything, I if anything, I could see the Fiend being off TV till Royal Rumble, and then making a date, making his return at the Royal Rumble. But he's going to have a new mask, and he's going to have new attire, and this new transition. Of the fiend that we haven't seen before is going to be even further over the top, and I could even see him winning the Royal Rumble with his new gimmick. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, um... well, you think well, I, I think that they, they have to play the being burnt and everything into the into his mask and attire at least. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like we like you know, I feel like we are going to see a new mask. Yeah, uh, match after that though, we saw Charlotte Flair and Asuka. I don't remember. The titles weren't on the line, right? No. Um, I don't think so. I don't remember. They but... de- they defeated Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans. Again, I thought this was an obvious outcome. Of course. I mean, at least and, Peyton's being used on TV. Yeah, and Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans kind of seem like they're uh, frenemies at this point. But I, I do hope that there's a push for Peyton Royce coming. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're going to push Peyton and Lacey together as um, that awkward tag team together. Where Maybe just... not, though. I don't know. Maybe this was like the end of them. I guess we'll find out. Main event of the evening, you had McIntyre, Sheamus, and Keith Lee pick up the victory over AJ, Miz, and Jomo in a, I guess, question mark holiday street fight. This was a goddamn doozy, a... man. <laughs> without, much, without much of a street fight for most of first, it? First of all... In a street fight, in what world do you have to tag in and out? Never. No rules in a street fight, but by the way, you must tag in and out. It took them 15 minutes, about 15 minutes, for them to use a real weapon. I think Mm -hmm. uh, one of them got, I forget who, got put through a table. Was it Seamus, maybe? Um, I forgot, but then I remember, like, I think AJ may have grabbed the candy canes. Yeah, with, with two minutes left, they started doing street, street fight things. Yeah, there was no point for the street fight rules outside of the last two minutes. McIntyre sets up for the Claymore. Sheamus tags himself in. Sets up for the bro kick. Keith Lee tags himself in. I like that spot. Uh, Omos puts John Morrison through the table for some reason. At the same time, Cameron cuts over, misses uh, the the Keith Lee spirit bomb to Miz to win. And then Sheamus hits a bro kick to Keith Lee afterwards. Yeah, and then McIntyre is standing there like pretty much pleading with Sheamus being like, hey, I I stood up for you. Why are you doing this? 
I thought this was uh, overall a really bad <laughs> match. It just it didn't make sense. So I, I was still entertained by it. I still liked it. It just know? wasn't a street the, fight. They would like don't exactly. It, it, it didn't need it to be a, a street fight. Yeah, because it it's Christmas, you needed a holiday street fight. No, you didn't need that. Yeah, they they the street fight aspect. Eh, but I still found it entertaining. Now, then we we move so, over we move over to NXT where we had another street fight announced. Uh, Oni Larkin and Danny Burch pick up the victory over Drake Maverick and Killian Dane to retain the NXT championships. Maverick and Dane attacked Oni Larkin and Danny Burch during their entrance, and it's like, oh, yes, thank God the bell rings. They're not tagging in and out. This is good. This yeah. is what a street fight is. And then they get up on the damn apron. And just like Raw's main event, they have the tags in and out. I had, I, I just, I don't understand. The only yeah, like always... saving grace of that is the fact that this was an actual street fight though. Yeah. Outside of having a tag in and out, they were using weapons. They had the table yeah. set up. They were using the cricket bats. They were using all the weapons that they had in a street fight. Throughout the whole thing, but yeah. Killian Dane I, I feel like ends I have up. To go uh, back and watch. I feel like I have to go back and watch some stuff because now I'm like, are there actual tags in a street fight? I don't think so. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. Maybe there are. Who knows? I don't. I don't know either. I don't recall. But yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Killian Dane ends up uh, not going through the tables. I liked Wade Barrett explaining that we have uh, they have reinforced tables in NXT. Nice little uh, save. Next up, you had Isaiah Swerve Scott pick up the victory over Jake Atlas. Yeah, um, and Isaiah Swerve Scott was definitely more heelish in this match, and even did the uh, the suck it taunt afterwards. But he offered mm-hmm. his hand. To Jake Atlas for a handshake afterwards, and Atlas rolled out. So maybe it's going to be Atlas that's the... Uh... Oh, come on. I know. Okay. It'll, <laughs> it'll probably be Scott. After that, uh, we th- saw Rhea Ripley defeat Dakota Kai. Uh, we saw Raquel Gonzalez come out to watch this, and I, I thought this was a good match. Agreed. I feel like it should have been more. What more would have you wanted? I just, I don't know. I feel like it was too short for what it was. I, there wasn't like I, enough oomph into it. I disagree with you. I think that this was an awesome match. I thought that the timing was good. Um, and I'm a fan of, uh, I'm, a fa- I, I'm a fan of all of the women matches on NXT. I love it because I feel like it's so tough to predict which one female is going to be the face of WWE at some point, because all of them have such great potential. And yeah. this match was awesome. And Gonzalez coming out was a nice little thing. And at the end, with well, that's her what, that's why I, I would have liked for it to have had more between Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley. But that's like the, the actual main takeaway was Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. Exactly. And I'm totally fine with that because they're building up Gonzalez uh, for all of this. Yeah, so but, she gets into the ring. The referees tried to stop her. They end up brawling, and it gets broken up. But it was confirmed for New Year's Evil that it's going to... We're going to see a, a last woman standing match. Yeah, and how was it confirmed? <laughs> By Dexter Loomis drawing. 
I thought that was awesome because the one thing that we know about Dexter Loomis is he's not a talker. So for him to be host, we didn't know how it was going to go. And now his artwork is setting up the matches. I thought that that was awesome. Which, by the way, I can confirm that it was Dexter Loomis, the person that I said last week with the Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe meet and greet. They they showed up. They didn't have anything to sell. And somebody wanted to, to get a, a thing signed by both of them. So he commissioned Sam Shaw, Dexter Loomis. Still a really cool story. Wow. Uh, after that, though, we saw Zia Lee and Boa in another vignette. They were both super hyped up for this. Basically, uh, it just seemed like a combination of past vignettes with them, like them going through the things that they've done already, mm-hmm. but just to show that they're stronger now. Maybe to show off that they're ready. Maybe next week we'll see that. I, it reminds me of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Style, you know? It reminds me of... Um, I don't even remember any of the wrestlers, <laughs> but it reminds me of like that strong style New Japan, and I'm really intrigued with seeing where this is going to be going now. Yeah. Uh, so match. next up, you can you have the return of Bronson Reed to pick up the victory over Ashanti V. Odonis. 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 I don't know why. I don't know why I always <laughs> mess that up. <laughs> but Bronson Reed is back and it's good to see him back in the ring. Yeah, about two months uh been out. Uh it was a quick match, just a showcase for Bronson Reed. All it needed mm-hmm. to be, I think. Yeah. Um earlier in the night we saw Tony Storm interviewed, and she was she was saying how she's going to be taking the title from Io Shirai. And then Mackenzie Mitchell asked Io Shirai about it, and Io goes to the ring and she calls Tony out. And she sits in a chair waiting for Tony Storm and out from behind. Wait, wait, wait. Bef- her, the theme song hits. And then continue. Mercedes Martinez getting some retribution on Io Shirai. She puts her through I... the announce table. I don't think I've ever seen anybody put through an announce table that same way before. Yeah. Through the I front was of that it. Too. <laughs> yeah, she, she threw her through the front of it. I thought that was really um, cool. But so uh, the reason I mentioned that, like, I thought that was so, such a cool aspect to play Tony Storm's theme song. And then, like, for that hot second, and then Martinez is right behind her and locks it in. It was such, such a cool, small aspect to this that I loved. And, hey, welcome back, Martinez, right? Yeah. Uh, but like, is that going to be like a Dakota Kyra Kel Gonzalez situation, or is she going to be like by herself? Because what's I, Tony Storm wants the title, so does Mercedes Martinez. I have to assume. I would say by herself because Tony Storm, I don't think really needs that uh, that Martinez behind her. But this could definitely be turned into a three uh, triple threat match. Yeah. You know, um, but next up, you had a very Gargano Christmas. Yeah, that was airing um, throughout the night. And uh, I think the one of the very first ones, there was a No Way Jose reference, which I completely expected to see No Way Jose being like a return surprise in that segment. <laughs> what, but I thought it was really funny because uh, Gargano said like, oh, no, we don't mention him or whatever here. And I, <laughs> I could swear to God that happened in Impact also or something. 
Mm-hmm. I forget which company. I don't know if it was AEW or Impact, but I feel like they they had a, a No Way Jose reference recently, also. But Johnny Gargano was uh, filming on like the old school style camcorder, so it was like the the typical Christmas morning video footage. Yeah. Uh, Austin Theory got some muscle powder from Johnny Gargano, a custom mix. Uh, Indy Hartwell yeah. was gifted with the last name Wrestling, so she's now Indy Wrestling, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, and then Candice LeRae got the wheel from Shotzi Blackheart's tank. Yeah. All in all, I Even- I didn't know what to expect from this segment, but just the fact that we got Indy Wrestling from it. <laughs> and then you also had uh, the PS5 aspect, too. Which yeah. I thought was hilarious with uh, indie wrestling. <laughs> I, well, I'm going to assume know? that's actually Johnny's box too. Yeah, I I thought that this was a fun segment, and it's the four of them are just entertaining. And how many times have I said entertaining on this podcast today? I don't know, but that yeah. is the way. Yeah, you know what? I, I guess it's good that I'm saying entertaining that many times because it's been a long time since I have found. Uh, sports entertainment, pro wrestling, same thing. I don't care. Uh, entertaining. So for this to be entertaining for me, I love, and it takes me. I I'm I love wrestling, and yeah. We saw Next Timothy up- Thatcher speaking about Tommaso Ciampa, and he challenged him to another match. Spoke about how he's going to beat down Leon Ruff unless Ciampa maybe comes to stop him. But Leon Ruff defeats timothy thatcher thatcher completely owns the match but leon ruff rolls him up with that inside cradle picks up the victory and once again thatcher is losing but thatcher i don't think that was uh necessarily a bad thing here because he still beat leon ruff down afterwards and i thought it was fantastic because when he turns around Timothy Thatcher doesn't even see Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa runs down to make the save. He goes right into a Willow's Bell. I thought it was such a good setup there with that DDT. I totally agree with you. We didn't notice it at all. He gets right in and then... we. Timothy. I know. (laughs) Timothy. Timothy. We, we, We did see it, but Timothy did not. But yeah, I agree with you. He just right into it. It was awesome. And then Ciampa said he'll fight him in a fight pit. That's going to be taking place at New Year's Evil. And that's going to be interesting to see because the last one, who was it, Champa and Riddle? Uh, no, it was Thatcher and Riddle. No, Thatcher, Thatcher, yeah, Thatcher went yeah. over. Yeah, Thatcher. As of right now, this fight pit is Thatcher's match. Ah, yeah, Thatcher and Riddle. So I think that that's going to be a entertaining. It was also yeah, revealed that uh, Leon Ruff will be getting a rematch against Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship next week, closing out the year. Maybe Match he'll uh, win the championship next week. Could be. Next up, you had Tyler Rust alongside with, uh, what's his face again? Malcolm Bivens. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Picking up the victory over Arya Davari. Um, I think Rust match with uh, Champa was better, just based off of I guess who Champa is versus who Davari is. I think okay. 
Like, I feel like he looked better because he was able to hold his own with Champa versus like. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like Davari, Davari's not even close to being built up on NXT television. Sure, he's yeah. got he's got the name and everything from 205 Live, but they they don't could, have could... they don't have much crossover with 205 Live guys to NXT. They have NXT crossover to 205 Live, but it's not really like the other week when we mm-hmm. saw Tony Nice. Yeah, we're surprised when we see understand. a 205 Live person on NXT. Yeah, but I'm still intrigued with Rust. I think that he still did a good job, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the main event of the evening. Well, you had before Adam... that, we saw yeah. earlier in the night, we saw Adam Cole and Roderick Strong giving their thoughts about Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor. And Velveteen Dream cuts it off. Cole ends up slapping him in the face and challenges him to a match just to say, like, there is no leader of the Undisputed Era. We are all the leaders of Undisputed Era. Which is cool. And then that match takes place. Adam Cole picks up the victory over Velveteen Dream. Why? Why? Why did their story end in May? It was literally last chance backlot brawl for Velveteen Dream for the NXT championship there when Adam Cole was champion. It should have just been last chance for a match with Adam Cole. Yeah. We saw Pete Dunn attack Roderick Strong during this, and he gave him the, the bitter end on the, the ring rope. It looked like it was maybe supposed to be for the uh, the apron. But then that was a match made for next week. And then, of course, hello, Adam Cole picks up the victory. There's no way Velveteen Dream was going to win that. No. What happens with Velveteen Dream? I, I don't know. I don't know. His stock fell a lot. Right? I just, and I'm, I'm really surprised that his stock fell so much. Well, I mean, it's not like... I mean... It's nothing I care to comment on here. I know. Well, that's... The, well, we... Sh- like... Uh, we Everybody knows about everything that went on with Velveteen Dream. So it's hard not to think that maybe that is playing into a factor and stuff. You know, it's, 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 yeah. But, so that was NXT. Moving over to SmackDown. It opens up, Roman Reigns defeats Kevin Owens in a steel cage match to retain the WWE Universal Championship. I understand that this was set up because Jey Uso interfered at TLC, but I don't really think it was necessary. I liked the match. I popped at Roman Reigns hitting the Rough Rider. I liked uh, Kevin Owens hitting that awesome Fisherman Buster from the uh, the middle rope. Uh, even the 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 super kick that Kevin Owens hit on the top rope. I thought that was really cool. But again, Jay Uso gets involved. He cuffed Kevin Owens to the cage, and he couldn't escape. What like I don't understand how that keeps happening. That like this was set up specifically so Jay Uso couldn't get involved. But wouldn't you know? Uh, after that, we saw Charlotte and Oscar come out. They spoke um, a little bit, but that gets cut off by Bailey. She gets cut off by Sasha Banks, then Bianca Belair, and finally Carmella. 
And I don't think any of this was necessary. They already spoke about how this was going to be a match for the Tag Team Championships on SmackDown. It didn't do anything to further the storyline. But Asuka and Charlotte defeated Baymella, Sasha Banks, and Bianca Belair to retain. This was a um, uh, an elimination tag team match, which I really, I don't think that needed to be that. But uh, I liked this match, and I popped at the return of Baymella. I think uh, it was about maybe four and a half years since they've tagged. That was back in the NXT days. And they were they were the first team eliminated. It wasn't like a quick elimination or anything, but they were the first out. And I liked seeing Bianca Belair and Charlotte do stuff together. We saw them have a match, uh, I think earlier this year, probably. And uh, I just think it's cool when they, they get to do stuff together and match each other move for move. Bianca Belair used her hair at one point to pull Sasha Banks into the corner, which I thought was interesting. And I think the the ending of this match was a bit goofy, but with the the involvement of the sommelier and uh, I guess maybe uh, something that wasn't supposed to happen with him, but it was fine. The match overall was good. After that, we saw the Street Profits backstage. They get they uh, run into Sami Zayn, who was yelling at someone over the Tom Cruise gimmick, the leaked audio. And then they gave him a Christmas gift, which turned out to be a shirt that said, I was Intercontinental Champion. After that, we saw Daniel Bryan defeat Jay Uso. Jay attacked Daniel Bryan during his entrance, and because Daniel Bryan is Daniel Bryan, he continued the match. And it paid off because he picked up the victory. I thought we would have seen Kevin Owens in that match. Uh, because the steel cage incident. I don't. I can't see that being finished. But afterwards, Daniel Bryan was interviewed and asked by Kayla Braxton about what's next for Daniel Bryan. He said that he's done everything in WWE except for win a Royal Rumble. So he officially entered the Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn got in his face and yelled about how this next match was probably all Daniel Bryan's doing. And Big E picks up the victory, defeating Sami Zayn in a Lumberjack match to become the Intercontinental Champion. I thought it was weird to see Raw superstars. Angel Garza, Akira Tozawa, Drew Gulak, and Lince Dorado were used as lumberjacks. But this was a, a good match. Uh, I think it was obvious that the, the lumberjacks were going to brawl with Big E. They were going to brawl with Sami Zayn. They brawled with each other. And Sami Zayn tried to leave, but Apollo Crews tackled him. And then with Otis, Chad Gable, and the Street Profits, they carried him back to the ring. Sami Zayn eventually gets hit with the big ending and lost the match. All the faces celebrated with Big E. They had confetti and everything. So hopefully this is the start of a lengthy title run for Big E. I'm disappointed that Sami Zayn's no longer the Intercontinental Champion because I think he has been killing it as this current character that he's portraying. I think it's fantastic, but that's, uh, that's SmackDown. Going to take a quick ad break here, and we will be right back here on Marking Out. 
Support for Marking Out comes from Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. I've used so many store-bought buzzers before, and they never do the trick. Every single time, my chestnuts get uh, you know nicked and cut up, and it's not fun at all, especially during the holiday season. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. And that's why I got two of them. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver An anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant under your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking. And these products smell good. Good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS, that's three. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Ho, 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 ho. Back on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Uh, gotta give it up again to Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, use the coupon code REGARDLESS, save 20% off and free shipping. Uh, tis the season to jingly balls. When I talk about jingly balls, keeping those things mean and clean with the ball deodorant, which is great. Use that every single day. The Reviver. Um, I've been saying it, but I shoot did it. Um, all the male members of my family got some ball wipes in the stocking. Uh, I don't know how they're going to take it because I am recording this on the 23rd. So we'll uh, see how that goes. So manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. Save 20% off and free shipping. It's Chris here by myself. Um, this is something uh, in 2020 that I've gotten used to. Because of, you know, Brandon having COVID and then Brandon being away. So I had to do a lot of stuff by myself this year. One thing I did by did do by myself was talk a lot about professional wrestling. And something I feel like this year in 2020 we did not talk a lot about was Ring of Honor. And now that I have the Fight app and every Monday they put Ring of Honor television on there for free, I've been trying to pay attention a lot more to it. 
Um, and I did so as I watched Final Battle this week, emanating from the UMBC Events Center in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, out of all the promotions, I feel like Ring of Honor is definitely doing the right thing when it comes to their health and safety protocol. Um, they had to call off a bunch of guys uh, because of this. EC3 was supposed to face Jay Briscoe. Uh, that didn't end up happening. Uh, I know Shane Taylor was supposed him and Shane Taylor Promotions was supposed to challenge for the Ring of Honor Trios title, but that didn't happen. Um, so during the pre-show, they reset it up at Shane Taylor versus Jay Briscoe. Um, and then Dragon Lee was supposed to defend his ROH World Television Championship. I forget against who. I apologize on that, but they set it up that the winner of a Four Corners Survivor Survival match would win a, a shot later on the night to face off against Dragon Lee for the World Television Championship. And Tony Deppin, uh, Anthony from uh, Anthony, good friend Anthony from Lost Becomes, his favorite wrestler, uh, defeated LSG, Josh Woods, and Dak Draper. Um, I like this. I'm a fan of Tony Deppin. So it gave everybody a bigger uh, eye on him in Ring of Honor. Um, and they kind of played it up like, oh, yeah, don't forget about Tony Deppin. Don't forget about Tony Deppin. And then he comes in, gets the quick roll-up at the end, and he got the face Dragon Lee later on in the night. Next up on the pre-show, you had the foundation, Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus, defeating Fred Yehai and Wheeler Yuta in a first-ever pure rules tag team match. This is a thing that I can get behind because the rules were, you know, as you know, in, in, in pure rules— you get three rope breaks. But one of those rope breaks now in a tag match is if your opponent comes in to break up a pinfall. So you only get three of them now. So that counts as one of your rope breaks, which I think is great. All tags need to be made hand over hand. You can't slap somebody in the back. Another great concept here. And this match was great. It had to have the foundation win this, especially with Jonathan Gresham being your pure champion. It makes this stable of... Jay Lethal, Red Titus, uh, Tracy Williams, and as I said, Jonathan and Gresham, more of a pure style stable, which is very, very cool in my opinion. You kicked off Final Battle, though, with the other two members of the foundation, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham, picking up the victory and successfully defending their Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships against Mark Briscoe and PCO. Uh, PCO still doing crazy dives. Mark Briscoe still being Mark Briscoe. But at the end of the day, you know, you had to have the foundation go over here. You had in uh, Ray Horace defeating, uh, uh, facing off against Dalton Castle in a, a, a quick match on there. You had the OGK... The original kingdom, yeah, I guess the OG, OGB, whatever it is, OJBC, of Matt Taven and Mike Bennett defeating the righteous Vincent and Bateman uh, in a grudge tag team match because you know Bateman, um, Vincent used to be in the in the kingdom with uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. It's good to see M Mike Bennett back in Ring of Honor. Uh, what I was reading that allegedly Mike ben Mike Bennett hurt himself on this. So we'll see at the next set of Ring of Honor tapings, or if they tape stuff after this, how much he's going to be used on there. The match I was looking forward to the whole night, and I think this is my favorite because I'm just a Mark, uh, and you heard me being a Mark for him earlier on the show, Danhausen has secured a Ring of Honor contract by defeating Mecca Brian Johnson in this match. 
This was uh, this match kind of had everything. It had the comedic components of Dan Housen. It had good wrestling. It sh- it showed you like this match. I forget who I was talking to, but I was saying this match showed you everything about Dan Housen. How he is a good performer in the ring. How he has this gimmick. He was just talking straight to the ca- the, the the camera whenever it was on him. It was fun, and the way that it ended, I thought was perfect, because you saw. Throughout the match, Brian Johnson getting on the microphone, belittling Danhausen, belittling the fans and stuff like that. But then you had the referee get distracted. Danhausen smear his makeup on the microphone, pretend to hit himself, and give the give the microphone to Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson and the referee called for the DQ. Was it goofy? It was goofy. Yes, I'll admit that. But it was a fun and it was a fun way to get Danhausen on TV, on Ring of Honor programming. You had Dragon Lee successfully defend his Ring of Honor World Television Championship against Tony Deppin. Again, you got to see more of Tony Deppin, which I like, and I want to see more of Tony Deppin on my Ring of Honor programming. He was good. I thought he was great in this match. His promo leading up to this was good. So bravo to him. Going into 2021, he may be one of the breakout stars. I mean, I, th- I feel like he's broken out a lot this year and last year, but now getting him on you know, nationally syndicated television is, is a good thing. You have Shane Taylor defeating off defeating Jay Briscoe. As I said, this match was made earlier in the night due to COVID con- restrictions and certain people not being able to be there. But I think this was a big win for Shane Taylor. You know, they talked about Jay Briscoe and the matches that he's had at Final Battle, but having Shane Taylor pick up a victory... On somebody with the lineage that Jay Briscoe has in Ring of Honor, it's kind of helping build him up and build him up as a star in Ring of Honor. You had Jonathan Gresham successfully defend his Ring of Honor Pure Championship against Flip Gordon by referee stoppage. I think the right person went here. You have to kind of give Jonathan Gresham now a run with this pure championship. I mean, when they brought back Flip Gordon, I was like, oh, no, is Flip Gordon about to win this thing and, you know, kind of mood everything that Jonathan Gresham did? But no, he didn't. Both men went. You saw, I believe it was Jonathan Gresham use all of his rope breaks very, or was it, no, it was Flip, use all of his rope breaks very early. And then Jonathan Gresham had used his rope breaks on later in the night. But anyway... Uh, solid, pure wrestling action, and this is something, and I should have said it earlier with this pure with the pure rules tag match. Get a team. You have AEW and Impact working together. Get Ring of Honor. Rig the the Bucks and Cody. They all have this outstanding history with Ring of Honor. Get some AEW guys in Ring of Honor. Get FTR in a pure rules match. That will be. That's like it, it's a it's a concept that's built for them. It's tag team wrestling. Over the hand tags. I understand like, you know, sometimes you want to get that sneaky tag in there, but I think they would excel with this and really like hype up this pure rules thing because I feel like going into 2021, Ring of Honor wants to focus on the pure rules again, which is great. I'm I'm about it. All for it. Jonathan Gresham picks up a victory victory over Flip Flip Gordon by referee stoppage defenses title. And your main event. Roosh successfully defends his Ring of Honor World Championship against Brody King. Brody King looks like a monster. And I know Dave, for years, has been talking him up, but Dave hasn't been paying attention to Ring of Honor for a while. In this match, I thought he looked great. Roosh looked great. I understand them keeping the title on Roosh until maybe the world opens up more and they can get more maybe international competitors that aren't there or... 
put somebody else in that picture. Do I think Brody King should have won because I'm just a, a biased mark? Of course I do. So uh, that's it for Ring of Honor. Bravo to Ring of Honor. As I said, they, I think out of all the wrestling companies, they're doing it the best. They're doing block sets of TV tapings and pay-per-view tapings. They're doing this bubble. The guys come in. They have to get tested regularly. They have to get tested before they even show up. Instead of, like, let's say somebody's asymptomatic. They get on a plane. They come to, you know, a certain place. They test them there. And then now they're just going to have to be stuck in quarantine for 14 days. They're testing before they get there. They're testing them while they're there. Bravo to Ring of Honor. I'm looking forward to a lot, watching a lot more Ring of Honor programming going forward into 2021. I want to see more Tony Deppin in Ring of Honor programming. And that's it for Ring of Honor. And let's finish off professional wrestling for this week with the AEW Dynamite Holiday Bash from Daly's Place in Jacksonville on TNT after after basketball. And this is something that AEW is going to have to deal with is the fact that basketball takes precedent over AEW. Will it show in the ratings? Probably, but who knows? And, and you know, as Brandon says, who cares? But you know, he cares about the ratings. Don't, don't, don't let him love for you. Anyway, you kicked off Dynamite with Chris Jericho and MJF picking up the victory over Top Flight, Dante and Darius Martin. This was a great back and forth tag team match. It gave the rub to Top Flight, which it should have been doing. And Top Flight reminds me of a young young bucks. You know, they have all the the flippy-dippy spots. Oh, hey, let's punch in the corner and let's do a backflip for no good reason and then go in. It's like, it was good. Jericho and MJF gave them a rub by giving them a bunch of opposition opposition, and giving them some offense in the beginning of the match. You saw them too. Uh, Jericho and one of the top lights squaring up and they just started wailing at Jericho, which I thought was good. You know, it goes, you know, the end of the match goes to Jericho hitting a huge power bomb. On the outside, Jake Hager helping the distra- uh, get a distraction for MJF, and MJF hits the Heat Seeker for the win. After the match, though, Jake Hager congratulates Jericho and MJF, and then he starts complaining about Wardlow, who wasn't there. Yeah, you know, we spoke about it last week. He had family issues. He also, you know, they, they do two tapings in a row, so he wasn't there for the second one. Jake Hager whines and complains and says that, you know, he went to Tony Khan, and next week, on uh, New Year's Smash Night 1, it's going to be Jake Hager versus Wardlow, which I'm stoked about. I'm a big Wardlow guy, and I want to see Wardlow hit an F10 on Jake Hager. Next up, you have an in-ring promo with... It's... Sting! i got to do it every week now. It's going to be my shtick. Um, you know, talking about... Uh, you know, the he's back in the jungle of TNT. Uh, he talks about Darby Allen. He notices Darby Allen sitting up top in the in the rafters, and then you have Team Taz come out talking about, oh hey, you know, uh, regarding, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, calling him a piece of uh, poop, this that and the other thing. Ricky Starks gets on the microphone, uh, and then all of a sudden lights go out, and then Darby Allen's in the ring, and then Taz talks about how next week it's going to be Cage versus. Darby Allen for the TNT Championship, and Cage wants to do it right now. They say, no, 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 back up, and uh, you know the bad guys uh, go away. That's it. So it looks like there's going to, at some point, you're going to see Sting and Darby Allen team up. Is it going to be a revolution? That could be a big, big possibility. Um, against which members of Team Taz? 
Is it going to be Starks and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs? Is it going to be against Brian Cage? We'll see how it continues. Uh, you have a backstage segment with MJF, you know, talking to his members of the inner circle. Uh, uh, Santana allegedly lost a loved one, so uh, Santana, our, our deepest condolences go to you, especially during the holiday season. It sucks losing a loved one during this time. Uh, and MJF really kind of warms up to him and says, you know, he lost a family member to cancer, and, you know, he could relate to him, and he says he's sorry. Santana tells him to keep his head up, and, uh, you know, MJF uh, showing some tears. So you think this is maybe a, a ruse for MJF to get in with those guys on the inner circle to kind of, you know, we've said that the inner circle has, you know, Jake Hager said his problem, oh, yeah, we're stronger than ever, but could this be MJF planting the seed for a divide in the inner circle? Maybe it's like MJF, Wardlow, and uh, Santana Ortiz, and then it's Hager, uh, Sammy Guevara, who wasn't who wasn't there on Impact, if I don't believe so. I mean, on Dynamite. Why did I say Impact? Wow. Uh, but, yeah. Next up, you have Jurassic Express pick up the victory over Colt Cabana and the Dark Orders 5 and 10. Uh, Fast-paced trios action here with uh, Luchasaurus dropping 10 with a hook kick, and then Jungle Boy pins five with a... I liked this finisher. He had him with, like, the Alabama slam. He flips him over to Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy hits a sit-down powerbomb. That's a cool tag team finisher. Afterwards, Tony Schiavone is about to interview Jurassic Express and FTR and Tully Blanchard get on the mic microphone. You know, this kind of setting up their feud. Apparently, January 6th, it's going to be Jurassic Express versus FTR. And Tully Blanchard said, uh, you know, if you don't, he told Marco Stunt if he doesn't stick his nose in his business, he may have a flashback to the 80s. So a little Tully Blanchard involvement is not a bad thing. You have hardest working man in AEW, Alex Marvez, catching up with Kenny Omega and Don Callis at the team, hot the, the quote unquote team hotel. Um, you know, he's, he says 30 years in the business, um, he called, you know, they, they kind of go on to the match next week for the AEW title, Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega. Um, he calls him a joke. He says, oh, yeah, you know, here's your uh, message to Ray Phoenix and Pac. What do you guys think you are? Um, you said the matches. What do you think? You're EVPs. They talk about, oh, yeah, bro, maybe Ray Phoenix can go back to Impact. And Don, he's like, oh, Don, do you think he can go back to Impact? He goes, ah, he might be a little bit of injury prone. Really, uh, you know, kind of rubbing it in. So, uh, big match next week, New Year's Smash, Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix. Highlight of the night, highlight match for me of the night was Pac picking up the victory over The Butcher. In I think out of everybody in the AEW roster that we've seen on a regular basis, I think the one person that has, you could say, you know, you could kind of say like breakout performer of 2020 in AEW I want to say it's the Butcher. Because, A, before he even came to AEW, we knew Andy Williams, guitar player from Every Time I Die. He had, you know, him and Pepper Parks did stuff on the indies. And we've only seen him as a tag guy up until recently, where he's had good showings in that the uh, Casino Battle Royal, I believe it was. And now having this great match with Pac this week, showing how good of a big man that he is. Um, Pac got the victory after, um, you know, you could say Eddie, Eddie Kingston kind of distraction because he's Eddie Kingston screaming off the commentary table. Hey, finish him, finish him, finish him. Then Lance Archer comes out, kind of distracts Eddie Kingston. Pac hits the black arrow on the butcher 
for the win. And then afterwards, a little stare, a stare down between Pack and Lance Archer. You had a Jay Cargill promo backstage saying that Brandy's pregnant. Don't don't think I forgot about you. Uh, you better find me a worthy opponent because she's tired of this poop. All right. I guess this Jade Cargill thing's still going. So, cool, I guess. Tony Schiavone is on the stage with Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and the best man, Miro. Uh, they're announcing their wedding date. But just as they're about to do a Best Friends music hits... And the trio acts like they're concerned, but then they surprise out laughing because they show backstage Trent being loaded into an ambulance and Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor jumping in for the ride. They announce that February 3rd, it's going to be a beach bash at AEW's Beach Break on Dynamite. So you'll definitely see some best friend involvement in there. Next up, you had the natural Dustin Rhodes pick up the victory over Evil Uno. You know, it's wanting to call Dustin Rhodes 7. So, uh, it didn't happen, however. Dustin Rhodes picks up the victory. Uh, you kind of have the Dark Order kind of making their way to kind of help out Evil Uno after the match. But then you have Lee Johnson come out, and then all of a sudden you have QT Marshall. So, it kind of evens up the odds of this Nightmare collect nightmare Family um, Dark Order feud. Um, good to see Evil Uno in the ring. I think I don't feel like we've seen him in singles action maybe ever. On AEW. So really solid about that. Uh, Tony Schiavone. Again. Another segment. This time it's Sean Spears. Sean Spears saying how. You know. He's disgruntled. How he feels like he's been wasting his time. He. You know. He has the glove. with the That they put the slug in. He threw it away. Um, he, and you know. He's like. Oh yeah. Uh, why? Sean Spears goes to him. And he's like. You left the business for 18 years. You're the exact person. Because it feels like. Maybe Sean Spears is kind of doing a pivot with his character. Rather than being aligned with Tully Blanchard, it's like, oh, hey, why do I need Tully Blanchard if I'm, I need to maybe, we'll see a repackaging of Sean Spears. Next up, you have Hikaru Shida pick up a victory over Alex Gracia. Uh, before this, you had a little backstage promo with her where she was ambushed by Abaddon. And after a hard-hitting match, you have Abaddon again brawl with her outside. Abaddon got involved during the match as well. Um, and afterwards it looked like, uh, Karshida was going to take her out, like this dead laying corpse of Abaddon, and Abaddon comes to life and bites her in the neck, and blood everywhere, so making this personal, this match will happen next week, I believe, on AEW's uh, New Year's Bash, really stocked card for next week, and your main event, the Young Bucks pick up the victory over the acclaimed Mass Cat, Caster and Anthony Bowens, uh, I feel... Compared to the match with Top Flight, I feel like the acclaimed didn't get the amount of offense that Top Flight did in their tag match. It was kind of more of a, you could say, somewhat squash. I mean, you had the spot at the end where Anthony Bowens... See, this that's the thing that pisses me off. They have this spot at the end where Anthony Bowens hits one of the Jacksons in the head with the boombox, but like that should have been the referee. I mean, the referee was knocked out before this, but then the referee should have rolled over and picked up the win, and you could have continued the storyline now, which I thought would have been better. You know, you can give this like, especially with the content that the acclaimed has been putting out this week on 
the Young Bucks. They had, if, if you saw on their, their social media, they had the infomercial for, you know, the best sleep remedy ever, the Young Bucks book. And then they had that freestyle rap where they had the Shook Crew in there and they're, uh, you know, bashing the Young Bucks on there too. You could have given this a little bit more legs. You make you make this a non-title match. You have the Acclaim pick it up and then you continue with the vignettes and everything like that going forward to the next big pay-per-view, which would have been great. And it would have gave the Raw... Because, like, what do you do with the Acclaim now? After this. You hype them up for a week and a half. And now, you know, the Young Bucks essentially... I don't want to say squash them, but they did. They squashed them. Um, so, and that's it. The Young Bucks come out on top. Uh, and that's it. That's AEW. Uh, next week, we're going to have New Year's Smash. You're going to have Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix. Hikaru Shida versus Abaddon, and a plethora of other big matches. I think it's Matt Seidel versus Cody Rhodes as well next week, which would be awesome. Um, so that's AEW. That's professional wrestling. Now it's time for Chris's not match of the week, match of the year, but let's play the same bumper because I didn't make a new one. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. All right, Chris, thanks. Uh, my match of the week this week uh, is my match of the year. Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Boneyard match. It was fantastic. Brandon, who are you shouting out? Hey there, Hiff. We should listen to Brandon's shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to WWE Icons. It is the new series premiering after the Royal Rumble and I think it looks fantastic. They showed a, uh, a clip of all the episodes that they're going to be profiling. You got Yokozuna, which is the first episode. Lex Luger, Rob Van Dam, British Bulldog, and Beth Phoenix. Obviously, we've put the WWE documentary series is all over all the time. So I'm looking forward to that. We also, uh, I'm also going to give a shout out to the Larry Sanders Show. It's super old. It stars Gary Shandling, Rip Torn, Jeffrey Tambor. It's leaving HBO Max for some reason. And uh, I had always been meaning to watch it. So I've been uh, watching it before the end of December. It's a lot like Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is apparently uh, this show inspired Curb Your Enthusiasm. So it's cool. It's about a late night talk show host. There's celebrities that play fictionalized versions of themselves. And... uh, I'm, I've been really enjoying this. And then the last shout-out goes to former WWE superstar. I don't really know what to call him now, but Aiden English. Uh, he has a Twitch channel. He's one of the only uh, few WWE superstars that still have a Twitch channel, even though he's not a WWE superstar anymore. Uh, so check him out, twitch.tv slash dramakingmatt. I think he's always fun to watch, and he interacts with the chat, so there's nothing better than having somebody actually interact with the chat. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for Our. Our. Oh, Dave, you're still here? Uh, yeah, it was all muted by is right our mark out moment of the week i shall say week then we can collectively say year um just that wwe announced that raw legends night for january 4th but we get like the typical legends announced 
But we also have Carlito. Big oh, mark out for that. I, th- I thought you were going to be like, and oh, we also get Snooki. No, no. <laughs> Snooki was on the, the Slammy Awards this past week. Oh, that's what but uh, I was a fan of Carlitos. There were rumors that he'd be returning a few years ago. That never happened. And uh, I kind of just want to see Carlito do something with the Hurt business. I, I assume okay. maybe not. But uh, I also I wouldn't mind seeing Jacqueline and Ivory and maybe Molina wrestle. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's supposed to be uh, coming back full time soon, right? Yeah, Molina was always that that rumored name in recent in recent uh times as well but but yeah so legends night seems like it'll be cool if they use the, re- the legends correctly hopefully nobody not, gets buried i don't want to see that stuff like they did with the the ascension i'm not a big fan of melina so i'll skip on that one well, well you guys have uh mark out moments of the week mark out moments of the year to share week dave you had anything week was uh the week is definitely the fiend getting lit on fire it's homicide, uh, brother. Yeah, right. How I, come he's not arrested? <laughs> well, told- the fiend signed up for that match, so and there was no bell that rang. He poured gasoline on him. <laughs> you signed a contract. He knew what yeah, he was getting it, into. It, it, there's, there's, there's small print in there saying, "Hey, if it, if somebody, it's okay if somebody pours gasoline on you in this match." What is the intention of a inferno match? Like somebody on fire, but not to pour gasoline. Like, well, no, you have well, to use what's well, red. You're that's... not supposed to pour gasoline on them. <laughs> well, that's. I... I mean, that I don't see it. I don't. I didn't look <laughs> at the rules of an inferno match, but I don't know if that's uh, highlighted. You can't pour gasoline on fire. Listen, I don't know. Don't call. Give Tim White a call. Like, hey, listen, Tim, I gotta ask you a question. Tim White. That's a. <laughs> He's not even on Twitter. I I think that that's a I I don't know. Maybe I think Cordero, that, that was then. such a an awesome part of the entire show, you know? So I marked out for that. Okay. Yeah. I marked out this week for every time I speaking of the butcher and his band, every time I die, had a, uh, online telethon extravaganza to raise $69 that they owed their manager. What? Um, <laughs> that, that was the name of the event. It was the, every time I die online telethon extravaganza for us to raise $69. Did they so make $69? Yeah, they no, they only made $16 and 34 cents. What? No way! Who, no. Who's, who's calling into this gimmick? No, but that's that's the whole that was the whole gimmick behind it. It was like they, oh, it they was every it was shtick. Yeah, every every year they do a Christmas show, and this year they couldn't do the Christmas show, so this was their Christmas show. They had like there was they had a segment where Aunt, the butcher, the blade, and the bunny are like warming up in the control room of the uh, TV studio, getting ready for a match, and like Andy's go- girlfriend comes in and goes. You told Andy there's going to be no wrestling, right? And then they go, and Andy's like warming up, putting baby oil on himself. It's hilarious. Wow. And, that's, they, that's and they like play a, I was going to say so that's good. like uh, like the Larry Sanders show. And then like they would play, they you know pre- recorded them playing the songs and stuff like that. It was fun. So that's cool. And did you have to pay for this event, or is that always yeah, a? It, yeah, it was it was fifteen bucks, and then you get a free download of one of the new songs that's on the new album that's not coming out anytime soon. But at least you get the new single. Yeah, it was, and I got to see every time I die perform, uh, you know, perform in 2020, which is something I didn't think I was gonna say. Very cool. Do you mark that down as your like concert? Like I went to see every time I die. No, no, I don't. But and then they had an interview. So one more thing, which you find it funny because it ties back to the beginning of this episode, is they had like a Keith, the lead singer. He did like an interview segment with people. But it, essentially, it was them purchasing cameos of people and then them <laughs> asking them questions based on what they were saying. 
So like they had Andrew Dice Clay, they had Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, um, and then like it was and it was it was hilarious. It was very funny. Um, I watched uh, Mark- uh, I watched an Andrew Dice Clay one recently where they they hired Andrew Dice Clay to roast the person that they were giving the cameo to, and Dice is like, "You didn't give me any information about the guy." And then he starts roasting the guy that <laughs> that paid for it instead. Oh my god, that's funny. Uh, Mark had moment of the year. I'm going to say Edge. I totally agree with you. I I think Edge. And I'm going to add to this something that happened that night. I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre eliminating Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and I'm with, the, with the footnote of Ricochet. Yeah, and I'm. But yeah, so I, I I find it very hard to not say Edge. Like I know. I feel like a lot of people would be torn between Edge returning at the Raw Rumble versus Sting debuting for AEW, yeah, but I don't see Edge 100%. Yeah, I feel like it's like miles above that and then maybe Sting. Mm-hmm. So I, um... yeah, 100% Edge returning like he was gone for 10 years. He was retired. Yeah. He was in the Hall of Fame and now he's back. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Um, Do you think Edge but, will win the Royal Rumble next year? Yeah, I think he's got to come back. He's got to finish that feud with Randy Orton. Then put up like. But I thought we were finished. What? I thought we were finished with that feud. They're not. <laughs> but um, another mark at the moment for me was two weeks ago when Don Callis said, "Oh, I'm bringing the AEW Championship to Impact," and these two things are working together. That's big. That's huge. That's a fun step forward going into 2021. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's it. Is that a feather in the cap of marking out in 2020? We can start getting the taxes going on it? Yeah, episode 516. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for everybody listening all year long. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Going into our 10th year of being a wrestling podcast. And until next week, you can follow us on uh, Facebook.com slash out, Twitter.com slash out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash out 11 Go to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash out. You can email us, out one at gmail.com. Purchase all of our merchandise at prowrestlingtees.com slash out. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisWeenDog, Dave on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore MO, and Brandon on both Instagram and Twitter, BTTG161. And until next year, we wish you the... the- Best your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Also, uh, happy new year. We can say we can say that next. And a Merry Christmas well, to, all. And to all a good night. Are you to have or New Year pal this day? Or afternoon? Day. I don't know. Something, something like, like that. that. Whenever you listen to the show. Also. Happy New Year! 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 Happy New Year, pal! 
Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs>